And today, I want to talk to you about the stretch. The stretch. We're going to talk about all different kinds of stretches, stretching. But I believe that almost everything that God will do in your life is on the other side of a stretch. Just about everything that God wants to do in your life is going to be on the other side of a stretch. It doesn't just fall in your lap. And we talked about before that purpose doesn't have a parking spot. It doesn't just sit around waiting on you. you got to chase it. If you want to do something big and live a big life and you want to touch other people's lives and if you want to it's going to take a stretch because there's some areas of you that are just too small you don't have the capacity to handle all that God wants to do in and through you but good news you can stretch you can get bigger We can live bigger lives. So everything that God wants to do is on the other side of a stretch. So let's start thinking about different kinds of stretch. I looked up the definition of the word stretch. The definition, if stretch is used as a verb, is to be made or be capable of being made longer or wider without tearing or breaking. Stretch. To straighten or extend one's body or a part of one's body. A stretch. To its full length. Typically, so as to tighten one's muscles or in order to reach something. Like, I can almost reach it. Ah, you just about got it. A stretch. It's, I know I can reach it. It's almost there. It's to make great demands on the capacity or resources of something. Cause someone to make maximum use of their talents or abilities. It's a stretch when it's used as a noun It's an act of stretching one's limbs or body. The fact or condition of a muscle being stretched. You've heard of the home stretch. It's that last little straightaway on the race before the finish line. You've made it to the home stretch. It's time to give it all you have. Everything that you got left in you or everything that this horse has left in it, or everything that this car has left in it, whatever it is you're racing, you're at the home stretch. You give, give it all. It's now or never. The home stretch. What about a stretch limo? It's just a limo with a bigger capacity. It can hold more than the regular old limo. Why? Because it was stretched. That's what God wants for you. He wants to stretch you. Stretch your thinking. Stretch your vision. Stretch your generosity. Stretch your... It's a stretch. Stretch can also mean a phase of a pitcher's delivery. The wind-up, the stretch. What does that mean? 
right before the stretch, he's about to deliver. There's a stretch before delivery. We won't go into that too much. What about stretchy pants? <laughs> stretchy pants. I've heard they're really comfortable. I don't have any because I'm a man. <laughs> stretchy pants. And you might be thinking, wait a minute. All these other stretches you were talking about are uncomfortable. Stretchy pants are comfortable. Yeah, they're not comfortable for the pants. We're talking about being stretched, so you're not the person here. You're the pants. All right, just get that visual. I don't know if y'all think like I do, but I'm sorry if you do. <laughs> the stretch is not comfortable, right? Like, I can't think of hardly any stretches that are just like, hey, that's just your comfort zone. Like, I don't think you sit in your recliner and just hold a stretch position because it's just your comfortable way to sit. Otherwise, it's not a stretch, right? If you're comfortable in that position, just sitting there for long periods of times, it's not a stretch. You need to push further. It's no longer a stretch for you. Stretch is uncomfortable. If it's comfortable, it's not a stretch. Ah, that just messed somebody up. Because you thought you were stretching in some area. But it's become comfortable, so it's no longer a stretch. It used to be a stretch. But now you got to push further. The stretch is not comfortable. In fact, it's at the point of discomfort that it's actually doing something. If I tell y'all I'm going to stretch and I'm going to stand, okay, here, let me stretch out the back of my legs. There we go. Ah, that's a good stretch. It's not even, there's no discomfort there yet. Well, I haven't gone far enough. Now I can take off sprinting down that aisle right there and pull a muscle and say, I don't know why I pulled a muscle. I just stretched in front of everybody. No, I didn't. That's not even a stretch because I didn't push it to the point of discomfort. It was about half an inch further than I just showed y'all. <laughs> Yep, there it is. <laughs> I don't do yoga. I have to wear those stretchy pants. <laughs> it's the stretch. It's, it's the point where you feel some discomfort. You're like, I don't know if I can do this. I don't know how long I can hold this. Counts three seconds. It's not comfortable. But it's keeping you from injury. It's extending your reach. You know, you do a stretch over and over and over. You get better and better and better. Y'all know Jerry Stilley's probably, poor feller's getting on up there in age. Guess what? You know that little stretch I was just showing you? He can bend over all the way, or used to, I haven't seen him do it lately. Can he still do it, Tyler? He can bend over and put his palms flat on the ground with his legs perfectly straight and not even bend his knees. Because he's done it over and over and further and further and further and further. And he, it's pretty impressive. I mean, y'all can try that out. I, I can't even get close. <laughs> but it's the stretch. So something that would be a stretch to me in the natural 
wouldn't be a stretch for Jerry. So for him to get a stretch, he's going to have to do more. Don't let yourself off the hook and stop growing. Because you get ahead of, or you compare yourself to somebody else, so you stop pushing. In the spirit, don't, don't, when you go to the gym and work out, don't find a good weak partner so that you feel strong and stop pushing yourself. And in the spirit, we can do the same thing and stop pushing. We want to keep growing. We want to get bigger. I don't want to live a small life. So the stretch is uncomfortable, but it keeps you from injury. It's, it's extending your reach. It's expanding your capacity. It's keeping you from ripping when everything inside of you is squatting. Going back to the pants analogy. It's the stretch. You don't rip. All right. Let's look at John, John 6. This is right before Jesus fed the 5,000 people with the little boy's loaves and fish. When Jesus looked out and saw that a large crowd had arrived, whoa, 5,000 people and their wives and kids. A large crowd had arrived. He said to Philip, where can we buy bread to feed these people? Do y'all think Jesus was looking for directions to a grocery store? Was Jesus actually looking for an answer from Philip? Like, hey, Philip, I can't figure this one out, man. These people are starving. And I don't know what to do. You're going to have to figure this out. No, Jesus wasn't looking for an answer from Philip. Jesus wasn't looking for directions to the nearest angles. When Jesus said, hey, Philip, where can we, where can we buy food to feed this many people? He said this to what? Stretch Philip's faith. Jesus was trying to stretch Philip's faith. Faith, his trust, his belief. We talked about that last week. Pretty much the whole message was about your belief, your faith. And so just that right there tells me that Jesus is looking at Philip saying, hey, I need to stretch his faith. He doesn't believe We're going to stretch his faith. He said this to stretch Philip's faith. He already knew what he was going to do. Like Jesus, he knew what he was going to do. He knew how he was going to work it out. Same with you. He knows what's going to happen. He knows what he's, he already knows what he's going to do. Well then, why am I trying to figure this out? Why is he, it's like God's asking me a question. Remember when Jesus asked the disciples, who do men say that I am? But Jesus wasn't worried about what people were posting about him. Like Jesus wasn't wondering, oh, what, what are they saying about me? Like, who do men say that I am? He's asking questions. Y'all should try that. They say if you ask somebody 10 questions, that they will give themselves the answer that they're looking for. 
Jesse's pointing at me because I did that on her this week and she didn't know what I was doing and it worked. <laughs> I've had to try it out before I told it to y'all. <laughs> so why are you feeling that way? I'm not like agreeing or disagreeing with you. Or Okay, so what you're saying is just keep asking questions. Jesus did that a lot to the disciples. But what he was really trying to do was to stretch Philip's faith. He said this to stretch Philip's faith. Why? Because remember Jesus said in Mark 9, all things are possible to him that believes. Your faith, your belief, because he wanted some things to be possible for Philip that, that otherwise wouldn't be. If he didn't stretch his faith, Philip was thinking too small. Philip was still thinking about getting directions to the nearest grocery store and how how would they come up with enough money to feed all these people and Jesus was trying to like stretch it make it bigger stretch your faith the flesh craves comfort the spirit craves adventure your spirit is hungry for significance and significance is found on the other side of the stretch what do you think I should do pastor I think you should declare war on the comfort zone no you're not supposed to find comfort in a place we do that we look for comfort this is my comfort zone but we as God's people were never meant to find comfort in a place you say the Holy Spirit is our comforter so that no matter what place we find ourselves in we can have comfort it was promised to us and it's because the Holy Spirit is inside of us so Our comforter goes with us wherever we go. If your place, if if you're stuck on your comfort zone, then the only place you're going to be comfortable is in that zone or in that place. So you're looking for a place to give you what you're supposed to be receiving from the Holy Spirit. And really, you can boil it all back down to a lack of trust. Significance is found on the other side of the stretch. So we got to get out of our comfort zones if we want to live big lives. You'll start to trust in the place more than you, you trust the Holy Spirit. And we need to stop living small. How? Stretch your thinking. You know, we talked a couple weeks ago, so I won't go into it too much about your mind and those patterns and, and being transformed by changing your mind. You change the way you live. It's, it, if we can start thinking big, then we'll start living big. we got to change the way we think. See, so much of our thinking makes us feel safe. But it's only keeping us small. If you put limitations on God, then you will put limitations on yourself. 
if you don't even believe your God can do it, then how are you ever going to have confidence to believe that you can do it? Or if you can't believe that you can do it, how are you going to trust other people to help you do it or walk it out? Because you can't walk out a God dream by yourself. So that's, you're going to have to trust God. You're going to have to trust yourself. You're going to have to trust other people. Or when you get to the place where you're like, okay, God, here's what you can do. Here's what you can't do. Really? We're going to tell God what he can and can't do? Well, God, here's, you can't love her. Here's who you can love. Here's who you can't love. God, you can't just, you can't just give him. God, you, you. See, we start putting limits on God and what he can do. And then we put limits on ourselves. And we put limits on each other. God, you can't save her. Then we tell God what political party he can be a part of, too. But what we do is we make God small. And if you make God small, then your life will follow. If if you make God small, then trust me, your life's going to be small, too. You're going to live a little, small baby life. 2 Corinthians 6, 11 says, Dear, dear New Horizon. I added in that part. It says Corinthians because Paul was writing the letter to the Corinthians. Dear, dear New Horizon, I can't tell you how much I long for you to enter this wide open, spacious life. We didn't fence you in. The smallness you feel, it comes from within you. Wait, what? Paul's telling them that smallness that you're feeling in your life, it's coming from in here. It's coming from within you. It's coming from your upbringing. It's coming from your your addictions. It's coming from your abuse. It's coming from your stinking thinking. It's It's coming from inside of you. Like we didn't fence you in. Paul's saying, we brought you the message of Christ, and that doesn't make you small. It empowers you to be big. So you're living and feeling small, and it's coming from inside. It's not put on you by God. God's not putting restrictions on you and trying to make you live little and be quiet and hide off in the corner somewhere. Like he's ashamed or embarrassed. No, he's got big plans for you. The smallness inside of you, that's what's causing you to live little. He said, it, it comes from within you. Your lives aren't small, but you're living them in a small way. Whoa, did you know you can have a big life with all the potential of anyone else? And you can choose to live in a small way. You can have a big life and live small. What a waste. 
What a shame. And Paul says, I'm speaking as plainly as I can. And with great affection, open up your lives. Live openly and expansively. Stop living little. Open up. Stretch. I know it's uncomfortable, but give. Open up your life and stop living so small. We're supposed to live big. Scripture tells us the world of the generous gets larger and larger. We just keep giving our money, our time, our, our talents, our resources. We're to help other people and to advance the kingdom and to magnify God and to love each other. And we just keep giving and giving of, of who we are and what we are and what we have. And, and our world keeps getting bigger and bigger and bigger. It's hard to live small. The world of the generous gets larger and larger. It's, it's not this poverty mentality. It's afraid to give anything away or afraid to throw anything away because it might be worth something or we might need it in the future. Or we might, like, we took off 3,000 pounds of trash out of here yesterday. And there were some arguments to keep some of it. Well, what if we could, we might could keep that or sell that, or what if we could hold on to that? And, and I, I get it. But I don't want to live with, I'm, I'm talking spiritually. Now I'm switching over and let you know. And I don't want to live with closets shoved full of junk. Uh, that I'm holding on to and things that I'm scared to get rid of or things that I'm scared to let go of or I'm finding comfort in there being no change because that's me choosing to live small. That's me saying what I have now is good enough. I don't need anything more. I don't want to live a bigger life. I'm okay with what I've got and I'm not. What I've got is awesome. Y'all are awesome, and I love our church, and I love my life. But I don't want to stop growing. I, I don't want it to just stay here forever. I, I, I want to keep moving forward. It's going to be a little uncomfortable sometimes when things have to change or I find another closet that I need to clean out or, or the things that are not worth throwing away today in 10 years from now, they will be. They will need to be thrown away. That's how it works. That's how we keep growing. That's how we keep stretching. We keep reevaluating. We keep resurrendering our lives to Him. Just like a relationship. Marriage doesn't happen on the wedding day. That's the start of a relationship. If all you do is on the wedding day, good luck. It probably ain't gonna last that long. It's a it's a relationship. You grow together. You learn together. You, you go through the ups and the downs. You keep growing. Little people are just small all over. Right? You choose to be little in the spirit. Well, I'm big in this area. Well, I got this and this and this and this and this, but 
I'm not going to forgive. Or right, I'm real good at this and this and this, but I'm not going to give. Or I'm real good at this, 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 this. That doesn't usually work out for long. You choose to live big in some areas and small in some areas. Little people are usually little all over. Small people that are living a small life, they have a small head. Little bitty old pinhead, right? What are you talking about? Their thinking is small. It's what we've talked about for, we've hit on it for a couple weeks about your thinking. Their thinking is just small. Think about the past and let it dictate what you do now. Like It's like the 12 spies that were sent to spy out the land and and 10 of them were real small. They, were, they had small heads, small thinking. And they saw themselves as grasshoppers in the eyes of the enemy. Two of them had big heads, big thinking. Joshua and Caleb, they had faith to believe what God said. Small heads, slave mentality. I can't. My past. I, I, I don't have the right education. I can't do this. I can't. No. We got to stretch past that. Small people have small hands too. Little, little small hands. What do you mean by that? They just can't handle much. Everything breaks them down. Oh, I'm overwhelmed. I can't do it. Well, I just don't want the responsibility of that. We talked about last week, we all want influence. You can't have influence without responsibility. Like people with small hands, God tells them what to do and it's just too much. Or they can only do it for like three weeks and then they quit. Because the newness wore off. Or it is, you just got, your hands are too small. You're praying for God to give you more. But you can't handle it. Your hands aren't strong enough to hold it. You think, God, why won't you give me the more? God's like, because you can't hold it. You drop it. Guess what else small people have? Small mouths. Little small mouths. Well, the land is nice. It's real cool. The land of milk and honey, and it's full of giants. They're always negative. Always finding out the problem, what's wrong, why what God says is not going to work, why. And you're an idiot for thinking it is going to work. It's just a small mouth. It's using your words to discourage, to break down. It's, it's this negative, critical, complaining, see the problem 
And ultimately what it is, is you've trained yourself to speak out of fear. You speak in fear instead of faith. Faith is trusting that good will happen in the future and that what God said will happen is true. And, and, and when you speak in fear, you're expecting that God won't come through, that God won't do what he said he'll do, that speaking in fear. Like, it's people with this small mouth that I'm talking about, like, you know those people that can just light up a room when they walk out? <laughs> that kind of person. <laughs> Dang, that's a nice car you got. Yeah, the freaking insurance on it's about to kill me. And it's got 249,000 miles, so I hope it lasts me until next week. What? Well, I just gave you a compliment on your car. Why you you got such a small mouth? You spent the next three sentences insulting it. Dang, you got a nice house. Yeah, you know how much they charge me for taxes? No, I don't even have time to clean it because I'm at work all the time trying to pay the house payment. It's a small mouth. Yeah, God bless me with this house. Guess what I'm going to do? Start a small group next week. Right? Like, it's people with a small mouth and finding the negative in everything. People that are living big, they speak faith. And they use their mouth to replace lies with truth. That's why worship is so important. It's when we corporately speak the truth, sing the truth together over and over. It gets out in the atmosphere and it gets down in our souls and our heart and our spirit and it stretches us. It stretches our faith and it causes us to believe things that maybe we were doubting before. It reminds us how big our God is and it reminds us about the purpose and the call that's on our lives that worship stretches your mouth. Small people also have small arms. Remember we talked about a long time ago about the T-Rex Christians? I eat meat and you got no reach. <laughs> Little bitty small arms. You got no reach. Who are you touching? Who are you reaching? Who are you bringing into the kingdom? Who are you sharing the gospel with? Who are, like, okay, cool, you're big and bad and you're eating meat of the word now, but your arms are so little, you're not touching anybody. People that are choosing to live small lives, they have little small arms, no reach. These are the people that are always looking for a handout. It's always about what can I get? What can you do for me? It's never about me helping somebody else or me jumping in there and seeing what I can do or what I could contribute or how I could give or how I could bless somebody or pray for somebody. It's always about what can I get? Me, 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 me. These are little armed people. Small people, they're always looking for, for me. What can I do? I can't reach that. You'll have to do it. 
Here, can you open this pickle jar? I'm not strong enough. My arms are too small. People with small arms don't do anything for themselves. And they don't do anything for other people. Hey, give me a cookie. I can't reach the cookie jar. Hey, Dusty, give me a word. Hey, give me a program to keep me sober. Hey, Dusty, uh, give me some help for my kids. They're going crazy. Hey, When you start living big, you stretch out those arms. You go to the store and buy cookies and put them in the jar. And you eat them. And you hand them to little kids that can't reach the cookie jar. It's fine if you can't reach the cookie jar if you're a kid. You're a baby. When you're 47 years old and you still can't reach the cookie jar, there's a problem. Right? I almost jumped ahead to the small legs. (laughs) I only got two more. People that are choosing to live small, they got small eyes. Little small eyes. What do you mean? They can't see God in their life. They can't see God every day. They can't, God doesn't speak through them, to them through things that happen. They, they, they can't look back at their pain and see God. All they see is their pain. They can't look into your story and see God working in your life. They can't see God working in their life. Their their eyes are just so small that they can't step back and see a bigger picture that, hey, I know that was horrible, but God did this, or God was with me. They little small eyes, they, they can't see God. In other people's lives, they can't see God in their own lives. People with small eyes only see what's right in front of them. They never see the big picture. Last one, people that are living small lives, they got small legs. Little, short, stubby, small legs. And it's super cute on a little baby. Oh, look at his chubby little legs laying there not doing anything. Right, but when you're 53, oh, look at his chubby big old legs laying there not doing anything. That's not cute anymore. Almost everything, like like Lincoln, I guess is the youngest baby here, he does all kinds, everything he does is cute. Right? Anything that he does is cute. But if... One of y'all grown, I don't want to pick on anybody specifically, but if one of y'all grown adults, <laughs> Brandon up here on the front row, started doing the things that Lincoln does and expected Tyler to carry him out there and buckle him in the car seat, what, y'all are all going to be thinking, something's wrong with Brandon. What's wrong with that? Why is he drooling out the side of his mouth, waiting on somebody to wipe it? He's a, he's a man. Right? And, and in the spirit... I feel like sometimes we do that as Christians, like we we don't grow up in the spirit, and it's like, bro, you should be able to walk yourself. You don't have to ride in the car seat anymore. You know what? You could actually bring a message. 
you could actually be speaking a word into somebody else's life rather than always just looking for, I got to have somebody speak one into my life. As an adult, you can give a cookie to a kid. You don't have to spend your whole life trying to find an adult that'll give you a cookie. Small little legs. People with small legs, here's the problem. They don't get very far in life. In their endeavors and the things that they do, they just just can't get very far and they get real tired. They get tired easily. Have you ever tried walking with a little kid? Like if I walk my normal pace with a little bitty kid walking beside me, if I'm not holding their hand or paying attention, guess what? I'll leave them behind. They can't keep up. And if I forget about it for a few minutes and I walk all the way across the parking lot, I wouldn't do that. Don't worry. Y'all are like, don't ever let the kids go with him. But say I just pulled up at Walmart and jumped out and took off and left a kid with short legs and I just took off walking. I mean, they might could run and double, triple time and try to keep up with me. But guess what? Before long, they're going to be wore out. They're going to be tired and having to stop and catch their breath and whining. And Why? Because one of my steps, they're having to do three or four steps just to keep up. If you've got little small legs and you're not choosing to live the big life that God has for you, then you're always tired and you're wondering, how in the world do they keep doing so much in ministry? And how in the world do they give so much? And how in the world do they... I'm wore out. It's because they've stretched. And they got long legs. It's easy for you to stand up there and preach. You know how hard that would be for me? Wasn't easy for me when I first started. It was a stretch. A real stretch. Right? Why? Because my preaching legs were little bitty preaching legs. They didn't even really learn how to walk yet. They could crawl a little bit in children's church. Right? And they were little bitty preaching legs. But so it'd be easy to sit back with little legs and say, Well, it must be nice to be able to preach like him. It's in the stretch. It's where you grow. It's where you expand your capacity. It's where, yeah, it's uncomfortable. What do you want for five years from now? Are you doing things today to stretch you to where you want to be in the future? Are you just doing things today to get what you need today? Childish. Me and Zach talked about this a while back about, you know, people that you can see people that come to the gym. If you go to the same gym for a while, you see the same people coming in and there's some people that come into the gym for months and years and they never change. They never get stronger. They never lose weight. They never gain muscle. They never... They're just coming in. You can live life that way. Or you can choose to get some. You can choose to stretch and grow. And not be satisfied with little. I wish I had big arms. 
Well, do some curls. I wish I was powerful in the kingdom of God. I wish God would use me. And I wish I could get people saved. Have you tried? Are you stretching like? Wish I could play the guitar. Cool. How, how often do you practice? How many hours a day are you putting into that? Can't blame it on someone else. A person that's living big knows that a journey of a thousand miles starts with a step. Joshua and Caleb took the same amount of steps as the ten. Covered the same land and saw the same giants. Two of them were big, ten were little. Two of them entered into what God had for them, ten did not. Same circumstances, same place, same land, same enemies. Two were big, ten were small. Choose you this day who you would serve. You get to choose if you're going to live big. You can break free. So stretch your thinking. And you got to stretch your weakness. If the worship team wants to come back, I'm, I'm going to wrap it up. We're going to sing that song, Give Me Faith Again. But I want to wrap it up by reading you this, this little short story. You've probably heard it before, but it's in Mark. It's actually, actually recorded in some of the other Gospels too. But we're going to read Mark chapter 3, verse 1. And he entered, he being Jesus, again into the synagogue. That was their church. And there was a man there which had a withered hand. He had a withered hand, a messed up hand. That word withered, it's the same word that was used um, when Jesus gave the parable of the seed and said that because it had no roots, it withered up, it dried up. Right? It was the same word that was used when Jesus cursed the fig tree and it was, the tree was withered. It means to wither, shriveled, become rigid, withered, dried up, paralyzed, not working. So this man had this withered up hand. And they watched him whether he would heal him on the Sabbath day that they might accuse him. And he said unto the man which had the withered hand, stand forth. Hey, come here. Stand up. Now all the leaders, they're trying to get Jesus on a technicality, right? He's healing somebody on the Sabbath. And the Jewish law says we can't work on the Sabbath. And so they're just watching him, not because they want to see healing, not because they want to see this man get a miracle or they want to see God help somebody. Or, no. They're watching him for the wrong reasons because they're trying to get Jesus. And he said unto them, Is it lawful to do good on the Sabbath days or to do evil? What would you rather? You want me to do good or you want me to do evil with all y'all's laws? Just tell me. Is it, 
to save a life or to kill. But they held their peace. Nobody would say anything. And when he had looked round about them with anger, being grieved for the hardness of their hearts. So Jesus asked them a question. And then he looked around them with anger. But we know that Jesus never sinned. You know, you can be angry and sin not. And we look at other places in Scripture where Jesus, like, braided a rope and went in flipping tables and that Jesus got angry at sin. Jesus didn't get angry at people. But the fact that he got angry right there, if you read that, it's like Jesus asked them a question and tried to get them to open up their hearts and minds. Right? He was asking leaders, like, hey, just think about it. Please, just expand your thinking. You're thinking so small in this area. Like, think about it. Is it lawful to do good or evil on the Sabbath? Like, to save a life or kill somebody? It, stop thinking with your little small mind for a minute and open up your mind. And they wouldn't even answer him. They just kept staring at him. You can imagine what their faces probably looked like. And then Jesus got angry. Uh, it, it upset him that they wouldn't. He got angry and says, being grieved for the hardness of their hearts. Their hearts were just hardened. They weren't willing to open up their mind or see something a different way or to look at the fact that, hey, what a blessing for this man. What if he could get a healing? And he said unto the man, stretch. Hey, hey, forget about them. Forget about all this that's going on and all the hollering. I need you to stretch. Stretch forth thine hand. If you go do a little bit of research, a little bit of looking into this, a withered hand, this handicap, it would have been very, very shameful. And you would have never even held it out to where people could see you would hide it your whole life. Like people that you see every day would have never seen this withered hand because it was considered weakness. Some of them would consider it sin. They considered it sin that your parents committed, that it was a reason that you were like this or you had this weakness. And in some cases, you wouldn't even be allowed to be in the synagogue where he was because something was wrong with you. You were hurt and handicapped and this withered hand. So he would have been hiding his withered hand. It was covered, hidden. And Jesus said, hey, you, come here. Stretch forth your hand. Stretch out your hand. It would have been real easy for him to say, okay, for what? Nobody knows what for yet. Stretch out your good hand, right? You're hiding this thing. It's what you would do. If somebody said, hey, stretch out your hand, you would have stretched out your good hand to them. Because this hand, that thing's withered. It's, it doesn't work like it's supposed to. It, it can't reach out. It's, too, it's smaller than it should be. It doesn't have strength. It can't. No. So I stretch out my good hand. How many times do we do that with God? We, God says, hey, bring me. Bring me that thing that you're having problems with. Bring me your weakness. Bring me 
that thing that you don't understand. Bring me the curse. Bring me the hurt. Bring me your hand. And, and what we do is we come up with the best thing that we can in our strength and the one thing that I am strong and good at and we try to just hide our we hide our weakness and he says stretch what do you mean stretch stretch your weakness what do you mean stick it out there Bring it to Jesus. You want to see a miracle? You want to see a transformation? You want to see something that was small get big? You're going to have to stop hiding it. Sin grows in the dark. Weakness, hurt, pain, areas that you feel inadequate. This can be a symbol for all kind of stuff. And Jesus said, stretch out your hand. And he stretched out the withered one. And it said, let me just read the rest of that verse. Stretch forth thine hand. And he stretched it out. And his hand was restored whole as the other. And I was thinking, man. Some translations say, and his hand was made like the other. What if he would have stretched out the good one? Is that what would have happened either way? Now it's shriveled. Oh, no, 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 no. So there's the call. Show me your hand. What hand have you been dealt? I know for some of you it's, it doesn't look like a very good hand. Really? This is what I have to work with? Really, God? I'm supposed to live big. I'm, I'm supposed to win this game with this hand. That's not what you have to worry about. Stretch it out. Bring it to Jesus. Paul said, in my weakness, his strength is perfected. In your weakness going to take a stretch you might have to pull it out of hiding and risk embarrassment risk getting kicked out of the synagogue risk people judging you risk the fact that he might not heal you but that's the stretch that's the faith that's believing and trusting and saying, hey, I'm going to put it out there. Hey, I, I feel pretty inadequate. Did you know you can feel unqualified? And you can absolutely be unqualified, and that's okay. You can be unqualified and not disqualified. There are a whole lot of areas of my life where I'm unqualified. But I'm not disqualified. I'm not going to do things that are going to disqualify me. Being unqualified is okay. In fact, that's good. It leaves a lot more room for his strength. 
So let's stretch. Let's be big. Let's sing this song together and ask God to give us faith like never before. And to stretch our minds and to stretch our arms and to stretch our legs and, and to grow us up. And to help us live big lives so that we can be all that we're called to be. Hey, God, give us faith. God, help us to trust you more than we ever have before. We don't want to be a people that's just living little small lives and never really doing much or touching many people or just living these little small lives. We want to live big. We want to have big forgiveness and big hope and big love and big dreams. And we want to be big in the kingdom. So God, give us faith. Trust you. Trust what you say. Even when the circumstances don't look good, we trust you. We choose to live big. And God, today we... We stretch it out. We stretch out the area of our life where we feel inadequate. We ask you to stretch our thinking. We know that miracles are in the stretch. God, we want to see miracles. So we're going to stretch. God, we want to see you move big. And God, forgive us for making you small. In Jesus' name, amen. If y'all want to stand to your feet, or we'll sing through this, and then you can, you can be dismissed. I need you to soften my heart and break me apart. I need you to open my eyes and see that you're shaping my life. And all I Trust what you say Then you're good Your love is great I'm broken inside I give you my life give. Yeah. I need
Your spirit strong in 
will fail my God you never will give me faith give me faith give me faith God, forgive us for areas of our life that we've chosen the comfort zone that we choose to live small. And from this day forward, we're going to stretch. We're going to embrace the impossible, to embrace the uncomfortable. Because we know it's necessary. So God, stretch us. God, thank you that you're our comforter. That you sent your spirit to be inside of us so that even in the stretch, you promised us peace and comfort. And that joy is ours. Hope is ours. Thank you for freedom. Because it enables us to do what you've called us to do. God, we love you. It's a privilege and an honor to be part of your family. In Jesus' name. Amen. You guys, have a great week.